This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey, welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Let's talk about a couple of things about couples therapy. You are so witty when you start these out. <laughs> It's really incredible. We had quite a few people that had written in about questions, general questions about couples therapy and logistics of it, what this looks like, how it works, blah, blah, blah. We're going to just answer a whole bunch of questions and have a little convo. I also think couples therapy is so much more terrifying in a lot of ways than, than individual. individual therapy because there's... Yes. You don't have complete control over the narrative. No, it's so Whereas scary. in individual therapy, you have such control over the narrative. Like you get to choose what you bring in there. When you go to couples therapy, your partner might come in and be like, listen to what yes, you've no my idea what's partner happen. did. It's scary, it's right? It's scary. So I think that if we dispel some myths yep. about couples therapy, make it a little safer. Okay. Um. So, like, let's start with when the fuck do you even go to couples therapy? When should a couple even go Immediately. to couples therapy? Immediately. <laughs> First date. <laughs> First, hey, where are can we having imagine? dinner also? Do you know a good <laughs> couples therapist? You have dinner with the couples therapist, just the first date. Do we charge extra for that? No, it's like a, a meet and greet. A meet and greet. You know, I'm Amazing. sure some, some therapists would charge extra for that. We wouldn't. <laughs> okay so um so when do you go listen i think this is a personal thing but what we know is typically people come in seven years too late seven, seven years ago someone was like we should probably go to couples therapy and then seven years later they make the call we cannot tell you the amount of phone calls we get a week 
that says this is our last ditch effort. If you are feeling like that, if the conversation is already about divorce, come in now. Come in sooner. As soon as it starts to feel like, here are some like really good guidelines, right? We speak to each other with disrespect. Yes. Great time to go to couples therapy. We have the same fight over and over again. There are external circumstances that we cannot seem to um, get control over or, or have some harmony on. You have so much resentment that it's built up to the point where you stonewall your partner. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Or you act out in certain ways. You hold sex away from them. Hold sex, right? Use sex as a weapon. Yes, yeah. Use anything as a weapon. Any type of weaponization, right? So, like, typically, no one is coming in soon enough. Now, I think people are fearful that if they go earlier in the relationship, that it means that it's, like, bad or something, right? Like, if we're only dating and we're in couples therapy. But, like, some of the best couples I've ever worked with are dating. Let's break down that stigma. Okay. Because break it down. Break down that stigma. <laughs> okay, that was bad. Um, because it's, I think I've heard that so many times, just in like social settings where people are saying, "Oh, you have to go to couples therapy when you're dating. Maybe you shouldn't even be dating." No, in my mind, that is an emotionally aware couple. Yes, because I can tell you, when we were in school, no one taught us how to be in a relationship. No one taught us ways of communicating, uh, processing our emotions so that we're responding to our partner without reacting. There are so many things that we did not learn and things that we take from our childhood experiences and then bring them into our relationships that end up affecting them poorly. And we repeat those cycles over and over and over again without realizing it. And so to have someone who's able to highlight that for you, help you communicate in a different way, deal with any past shit that you're bringing into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that while you're dating, kudos to you. You are creating the basis for a healthy relationship and possibly a healthy marriage in the future. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. So breaking down that stigma, if you hear in a social setting that someone's dating and they're going to couples therapy, I want you to go up to them and be like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Don't be like, oh no, did you hear that Ben and Albert are in couples therapy? They're doomed. Fuck that. No, be like, damn, Ben and Albert in couples therapy? What a badass commitment they made. That's incredible. Yes. That they're really both working on themselves so that they could better the relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oof, I love that. Yeah, because I think, I do sort of think for the, okay, not 100% of people. Obviously, I'm talking about like the, you know, probably also the bubble that we're in our little fucking echo chamber that like we all celebrate individual therapy, but I still don't feel like couples therapy is, is celebrated. I agree. Like, I feel like when you, like, say something to go to therapy, like, oh, that's so cool. I love my therapist. Or I had a good experience. Or I had whatever. But, like, couples therapy, you're like, oh, no. Well, I think there's... It's so bad. There's also such a stigma on having issues in your relationship. You know? I yeah, think right? Like, as if, like, it's supposed to be easy. Because everything is supposed to be easy. It's so hard. Because to you. Being in a relationship is the hardest thing I've ever done. It is so hard. And I had a baby. Right. A baby came out my vagina. <laughs> I we own a huge business right (laughs) and being in a relationship podcast so and my marriage will be the hardest thing no matter what because it's because relationships are hard they just are and everyone says that they shouldn't be if you meet the right person if it's right it should be easy like fuck that I do not believe that 
And so I think it's so embarrassing. I mean, if that happens for you, congratulations. Right. You're one of one a billion. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I just, I think that there's so much embarrassment around struggling in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about couples therapy that has a stigma. It's about any sort of issues, having any sort of issues in your relationship that yep. there's a stigma around. Yep. Um, but we all got them. Um, uh, so, what like ex- so what should I expect them. from couples therapy? <laughs> I'm going to, I was ignoring that. Please do. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, should, <laughs> what should I expect in couples therapy? This really depends on what you're bringing in. And on the, honestly, also depends on the couples therapy. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of different types of couples therapy, right? There, if you're doing emotionally focused uh, couples therapy, that's going to look a little bit different than Gottman's couple therapy or uh, Terry Real's Relational Life Institute, right? Like there's just like a whole bunch of like different couples therapy things. Um, Imago couples therapy. Um, so part of it is like, what does the couple therapist specialize in? What kind of couples therapy did they work? But typically what you can expect is somebody to help facilitate more difficult conversations, whether that's resolving things from the past, problem solving from the current day, or thinking about plans for the future. It's typically the facilitation of conversations, but really what couples therapy is about is you and the other person. I think a big fear of going into couples therapy is that you're going to go in and the couple, uh, I mean, the therapist is going to side with one of the partners, Mm -hmm. right? And so some... Um, which can happen which can happen but I think you know the goal of the couples therapist is to help the relationship in whatever way that means like that might even mean helping the two of you separate right and our job is to not always keep you together it's not always to keep you together um but you know it, it isn't to completely gang up on the other person there might be certain uh, sessions in which you're more focused on one person than the other because it can't be a hundred percent balanced the entire time. Mm-hmm. But but to be able to have each person have their voice heard in couples therapy is really important in whatever way that means. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're home without the couples therapist, you're not hearing each other in the ways that you might need to. Um, you're maybe having more reactivity towards each other. You're reacting in anger as opposed to expressing more of those vulnerable emotions. And so the couples therapist can help you dig a little bit deeper into like what's going on, help you communicate those feelings. And you might get down to things that you didn't know were there. I also think there's a fear of getting down to some of those things. Well, I think it's also what's really scary about going to couples therapy is there's times that we're going to point out directly what's happening currently in the room. So if we have a vulnerable interaction and then I become passive aggressive or make a snarky comment to you not that this would ever happen in my own relationship never never Never. am i talking about that totally hypothetical (laughs) as a couples therapist i'm gonna say all right well what just happened right here and that sucks to be the person that's called out. I get that. I also know because I'm always the person who's called out <laughs> in couples therapy. <laughs> Emily, you seem really dysregulated today. Do I? Um, <laughs> no. So I'm also telling you from someone who's on both sides of the couch. So an example of that might be, right, so like if Emily gets passive aggressive. Which she does. The couples therapist might say, <laughs> When Emily gets passive aggressive. What just happened there? What was underneath that pass- passive mm-hmm. 
aggression mm-hmm. right so what typically was going on for you right and so that feels horrible to get called out because no one likes to be called that you're being passive aggressive but it's often a thing we do to avoid vulnerability and emotional intimacy with our partner so you're probably gonna get called out in session when she's watched first of all they're gonna look for something called an enactment where they're watching your pattern play out in real life so like i Right, am I, I'm exposing secrets of the trade. What well, you gave me a look like? No, I, no, no. I was, oh, I was gonna. <laughs> don't telling, you dare tell people. I'm telling them all the secrets. Our, That's the point of the podcast. I was just gonna say our entire podcast <laughs> yes. is exposing secrets of the trade. Um, so it, what I was gonna say is, if you go into couples therapy and they say, "Tell me about a recent fight that the two of you had," that's what they're looking for. We they, we want you to fight in the room. We Our goal see it. is to get you to fight. We need to the see har- it. I would say the hardest thing is when couples come in and they're both shut down. And they don't fight. And or they, or they're on their best behavior. So much rather have a couple just of fi- yeah. fighting so, in the room. So that's one of the things. Like you might say like, oh, we can't. We have to like let this happen. Fight in front of the couples Please. therapist because we need to see what goes on in those moments when we're not there. For us to best be able to say, all right, well, here's what I noticed in that moment. I noticed that when he came towards you, you pulled your body away and then you shut down his hug. What was it that felt so unsafe in that moment? Right? Like they're going to do something like that to slow it down, hopefully. And there's something that feels safer about saying it to another person rather than saying it to your partner. So that's that's a piece of it too is that like you triangulate yourself into the couple's relationship Mm -hmm. in order to help the couple hear each other in a way where they're not talking directly to each other. Yeah. So if you said, well, what was going on for you in that moment? Well, I felt really rejected. That was really, I felt really hurt in those moments. Um, it's so much easier to be able to say that to the couples therapist than say that to your partner. And that is why you're having these more reactive Well, and also in the, in the more difficult spots in my marriage, if my partner was like, what just happened for you in this moment? I'd be like, Rah! like the gremlin would come out. I would have no space <laughs> okay, for that. Let me ask you. And then if the gremlin came out, what would happen then? The gremlin comes out, I become snarky and passive aggressive, right? Uh, So the gremlin comes out, I physically pull my body away from my partner. I then come back in with a finger point and a rude comment. And then I pull away again, right? There's a I thought I thought you straight up go into gremlin mode. I would laugh. Yeah, I mean, I would probably have done that too. Specifically in postpartum, I'm sure I became an actual gremlin many times when I was still like very much having postpartum rage. Right. But so I do think like these are like one of the things, right? That like if my partner had said that, I wasn't at this space when we first started couples. That like you know when we first started really struggling in our marriage for him to be able to have space to say that. Like I needed to like come from someone yeah. else. Yeah. And and also what we're looking for as couples therapists is we're looking at your pattern, right? We are in a, we end up in a cyclical pattern in our relationships where uh, we're having some sort of reaction and the way that we're reacting or what's happening in those moments is triggering our partner and then our partner's having a reaction and we get stuck in these cycles and something we said earlier is if you're having the same fight over and over and over again, maybe it's time to come to couples therapy. That's what happens is that we get stuck in the same cycle over and over again. And we don't, first of all, we don't know how to pull ourselves out and we don't even see what's happening. Yeah. So the couples when therapist can anything highlight is so that. hard. It doesn't mean you're fit. And I think that's the thing, right? Like that does not mean that your relationship is doomed. It means that you're normal. You're normal. It happens. It just means that this is just like what happens in any relationship and like, it can be different. And like sometimes it's really hard to see that in the moment. And like there's nothing wrong with that. And just in any relationship, you are bound to go through periods of connection and disconnection. Mm-hmm. That the goal is not to stay connected at all times when you are dealing with stress in your lives, financial stress, 
you know, someone's passed away, you have children, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there are bound to be stresses in your life that cause disconnection. So the goal is not to constantly stay in connection. That's not realistic. The goal is that when you get to disconnection, you see it and you know how to bring yourselves back together into connection. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Okay, so a lot of people asked actually in a very cool way a lot of the um listener questions were about going to couples therapy before stuff got quote unquote bad right yeah so do you see a lot of couples coming to therapy before things are bad no not enough we would like to please do and let us just say (laughs) yes please It was a drive-by fruiting. Sorry, I'm just still in the Mrs. Doubtfire thing I got going on. Is that I didn't realize it It was a drive-by fruiting. Beautiful. 
This is, you know, it's really funny because, like, so, like, sometimes talk about exposing things of the trade. Um, one of our podcast producers was talking about, like, one of the ways you get your numbers up. And, like, one of the things they want is for people to listen to the full episode. And in my head, this was the moment everyone shut the episode off. <laughs> or maybe. If, Sorry, Madison. No, maybe at the beginning we could say something like, stay, you know, stay tuned for Emily's. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire impression? Mrs. Doubtfire impression. Uh, that'll definitely keep them. A hundred percent, right? <laughs> Right, okay, so we would love for more people to come in. Also, let us just say, as couples therapists, we know when you come in and you're just doing it to save face. Because you're not going to do the work. Yeah, we know. It's so obvious. It's, it's so, so, <laughs> it's so I mean, you're also just like, we're like, I can't even take your money, man. Okay, <laughs> um, one of the things someone asked is like, so like, what does couples therapy look like for couples who aren't in crisis? So one of those is like diving deeper about like, what are the things, right? So a lot of times something okay a few different things one it could be a crisis and not an emergency so sometimes it can be a crisis like you know we turn into crisis every time it's the holidays and we have to see our in-laws so like yeah it's not bad all the time but we have this ongoing pattern right so we're gonna look at what does a fight look like for you what does an argument look like for you what does conflict look like for you how do you feel loved by your partner how do you feel supported by your partner like there is a lot of work that you can do pre-crisis it feels weird because not everyone's a crisis I don't know how to phrase that well I I think there's something beautiful about coming in when you're not in crisis because when you're in crisis it's problem solving and you're also you are dysregulated right you're so dysregulated that it's so much harder for your kind of intellectual mind to take precedence for you to be able to do some of this work so it's actually very helpful when you come in and you're not in crisis well it's like one of those things we talk about with like when you're a lot of people are like, oh, coping skills don't work. But are you practicing those coping skills when you don't need them? Because coping skills, if the first time you ever try deep breathing is mid-panic attack, mm-hmm. I do not know if it's going to help you that much, right? If the first time you ever try something, right, like that's why we talk about like making routines Practice. and structures and habits. And it's also, you know, it touches on what we tell couples when they are getting really reactive or heated when we say, listen, take, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you need to separate so that you can recenter yourself um, and do your deep breathing, make sure you're connected to yourself so you are being less reactive, so you're not in crisis mode, so you can connect to that intellectual mind so that you can respond to each other more effectively. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming into couples therapy and you're not in crisis mode, you're actually more likely to do really good work I think you know it's helpful for us as um, therapists to see you in crisis mode but if you're in crisis mode every single time you're coming into session it's going to be hard to bring you back into that intellectual mind Mm -hmm. I do think it's helpful to have goals yes what do you want out of this time and space right not just like oh i like listening to this therapy podcast so i thought it'd be a good idea the therapist is going to be like who are these weirdos that sent you to couples therapy now right so to say like you know what we'd really like is that like when we go stay at your parents house for the weekend that there's not a blow up afterwards right right like it doesn't have to be that it's bad all the time but like what are some like tangible you know substantial right, or we want to make sure we communicate throughout the week more effectively so that we can get tasks done together because and this is the really unsexy part of relationships is that part of your relationship is business yeah money chores chores getting things done right like stuff at the house and so like how do we communicate more effectively on that because sometimes and, and to be able to boundary those things off from the relationship can be really helpful in you being able to engage in the more romantic 
sexy side of your relationship. Yeah. Sexy side? Um, somebody had a really good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> sorry, I keep throwing so you off. Okay, um, somebody had a good thing is, to me, couples counseling feels like admitting defeat. How can I change this perspective? You're right. It's a mindset, right? Like, would you say the same thing about going to the doctor or going to individual therapy, right? Like, what is it specifically about couples therapy that makes you feel that way? Most likely, it's because of how our society, how our parents, how our grandparents, how it was thought of. Shh, they go to couples therapy. It was hidden right. in the things. But let's be real. If we did everything our parents or grandparents did, it would not be a good world. Let's not do that. So part of that is how do I have an actual mindset shift? Because that matters. We talk about it in the therapy world of uh, first order change and second order change, right? First order change is the behavior. It typically lasts sometimes not that long. Second order change is what is full like mindset shift. What is your, if you ask yourself, what is my, what stigma do I have around couples therapy? Yeah. Where did I develop that? Where is that coming from? Do I want to shift that? Mm -hmm. Is there a different way I can think about it? Can I listen to this episode and maybe it will shift my ideas about couples therapy? Yeah. And that's why we say like in the whispers, right? Like if you hear people whispering about it. Say, I think it's cool they go to couples therapy. So the times that you, right, because we both have, we're both couples therapists and we've both gone to couples therapy yes. ourselves. Um, did you talk to people about, like, did you tell people that you're going to couples therapy? Well, just as a person, I don't really tell much about <laughs> myself. As you I don't know if you can say that anymore, dude. After two years, over two years of this podcast, can it, you still say it that? It doesn't change how I am in social situations. So just, you can listen to her on the internet, but yeah, if you're it. her friend, yeah. no way. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Yeah, no, if people ask me if you're my friend, if they, yeah, I would talk about it. Okay. I think I would talk about it. I wouldn't, like, tell my parents or tell my, I mean, they might know now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom totally listens to this podcast. Right. Hi, Lisa. Jen hey. was in couples therapy. Hey there. <laughs> I just think couples therapy is so important. I really do. Yeah. But, but once again, I didn't, wasn't not telling people because of the stigma around it. But I definitely noticed that I talk about individual therapy way more than I talk about couples therapy. Yeah. Do you know why? Probably usually because I have a funnier antidote coming out of individual. Right. That I do couples. It's usually couples is like, Emily was dysregulated. <laughs> also, couples therapy is fucking hard. It's so hard. We're Listen, we will say, I will say till I'm blue in the face, it's so important, but it's also very hard. I will say, though, sometimes you get really good positive reinforcement. Like, the one day we logged on, our couples therapist was like, you guys look so wonderful today. Like, have you guys been having more sex? You look so happy. You're sitting so close. Like, And when they say that, you're like, look at how good we're doing in our marriage. Like, everyone likes to feel that way. Were you like, having more sex? The fuck if I remember. <laughs> but like, I remember, but I do remember is how good I felt getting that compliment. And I was like, yes, we're winning. We're right? doing it. So, like, I do think that's part of it is, like, you start giving a lot of weight to your couple's therapist. And, like, that's my own shit about, like, wanting to be liked. Right. Like me. Okay. <laughs> like me. Um, what topics do you wish more couples would dive into during premarital counseling? Ooh, what's your top two? Um, my my the first thing that comes to my mind is all childhood stuff. Okay. Um, and first because I think it's important for each 
partner to really understand what they're bringing into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes exploring that in front of their partner helps their partner gain more empathy towards like why something might be coming out in their arguments. Mm -hmm. So like I think that is like very, very important. And that's like, but that's like a lot of deeper work that also can happen in individual therapy Mm -hmm. that you can bring in. So I think that's really important. Another thing I think is like non-negotiables that unfortunately I don't know if everyone talks about to a full extent before they get married. Mine's money and sex. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people do not talk about sex and money enough. I know. Wait, what was (laughs) Sex and money. Right, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about finances because we live in, like, such a culture of, like, discomfort of Mm -hmm. talking about finances. And there's so much shame around finances. Like, I think that's a big one. And then also sex, just because the amount of women that I have worked with that are in heterosexual relationships that are unhappy in their sex lives and that are faking it. And they don't say anything. Yeah. So, like, That's my own market research. I love that market research. I have no research, actual research. Accounts. I think you do, do though. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash chicks. Okay, how to get past disagreements when neither person feels like they're wrong. You can't. (laughs) I don't think you have to feel wrong to get past a disagreement. That's not what it's about. Here's the question. Here's the question we love to say. Do you want to be right or do you want to be close? So maybe we look at this need to be right in the yeah why do you need someone why does someone have to be wrong why does someone have to be wrong why does there have to be blame something we do notice as couples therapists is you don't get very far when all you're doing is blaming the other person and so and and each of you has your own perspective on the situation and Mm -hmm. you're going to and that's not going to change fact of the matter is you can't tell someone that they don't feel how they're feeling yeah Right. And so it's not necessarily about changing the other person's perspective or like who was right, who was wrong, but it's talking about what what's underneath that. Right. Like what was going on for you in those moments? How do you get the reason why you're stuck sometimes is that you didn't get the chance to communicate what the emotions were attached to the situation, that you're more arguing over one person's perspective over another person's perspective, as opposed to talking about what's the deeper emotion that's going on and that you need to feel heard and validated in that experience. And so what a couples therapist can do is they help, can help you get on that a, a different level of communication um, so that you're more so communicating about this was that this this was what this was like for me or this is how I felt in those moments and that's what I need you to understand. Not this is my perspective and I need you to share that same perspective. Mm-hmm. That this was that what this was like for me and I just need you to validate that you hear me. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, (laughs) what are some important questions to ask in conversations to have before getting married? I know we briefly talked about this, but like, what do you think important questions to ask is? Do you want to have kids? How often do you see us having sex? Um, how do you see household tasks looking like? What how are we, they divided? What would we do if one of us became chronically ill or handicapped, disabled in some way? Do we combine our finances? Mm-hmm. Do we keep them separate? What does that look like? What does uh, holidays? What do holidays look like? How do we share them mm-hmm. with? What's each, your expectations? With, with what are your expectations? How do we share them with with each of our families? Um, so many those are really good ones yeah these were good <laughs> we're amazing <laughs> i'm dead okay effective communication tips what's your favorite communication tip i say this one all the time my favorite one is looking underneath the reaction right so like when you recognize that you're react reacting to something in anger or you're shutting down to figure out what's the more vulnerable emotion underneath that reaction so that you can more effectively communicate that, right? And so practicing your ability to respond versus react, Mm -hmm. I think is really important and also really challenging. Yeah. 
What's yours? Okay, mine is like finding some truth in anything that somebody's saying, right? Like if somebody's speaking to me, I, be- I have to trust that they're giving me their truth, right? So like I have to find some truth. So even if I want to fight back and be defensive, like I, like my goal is to find some piece of truth of what you're saying. Okay, I totally see that. I hear it. I didn't see it that way. I didn't realize that's what it felt for you. And this is what was coming up for me, right? So like I do think um, and instead of but and finding love- some truth in whatever they're saying. I love that. I mean, I, I feel like most couple therapists would say I statements. Yeah, they're just, I, I, listen, I love I statements, but they feel so robotic. Yeah, I mean, I think when you start, I think when you start any of these skills, it feels like, and that's the thing is like, sometimes when I talk to clients about that, like, they feel so clinical and it's like, it does, like doing anything different feels weird and clinical, it right? Does. Like, and so there's nothing bad about that, but it can feel uncomfortable. It can also, if you're going to couple It therapy, depends on what kind of blame is also happening in the, in yes. the relationship. If you're doing a lot of blame, then yeah, you need to switch some, some shit over to I statements. If you're, go- and if you're going to couples therapy and you're learning about I statements and you bring it into your arguments, it can actually be hilarious. Right? Like, they'll be like, what can, Emily said, right? Right. right? Like, right. so if you're, like, saying, like, one of, like, a really basic skill we give people is, like, um, I feel when you, and it makes me, right? Yeah. So, um, I feel rejected when... Um, you say no to having sex with me and it makes me pull away for you pull away from you right so like fill in the blanks type of thing and so you can start with those and sometimes the reality is is when if you do have like i think it's also important to like fucking have some accountability and admit if you are an unhealthy fighter you need to use some healthy skills yeah if you guys are cursing blaming character contempt resentment any of these things that are mean and cruel which remember honesty without tact is cruelty i don't care if it's i don't care if it's honest or not if you're using cruelty in your relationship it is better for you to do something more robotic than keep causing harm and it's so important for you to take accountability for those actions to Mm -hmm. say listen i recognize that i have this kind of reaction to you and that's probably very hurtful right so So maybe one of our top communication um skills should be do you really know how to apologize Ooh, that's a good do you know how to apologize do you know how to repair after rupture repair is very important yes it's not just about how you're not going to get perfect um fights all the time that doesn't fucking happen emotions are high you're tired you're hungry whatever the hell that happens right so how do we best repair this relationship how do you repair in your relationship apologies like we're like we're air and i are like incredibly verbal people yeah so for me like one it's like space and walking away mm-hmm. and then coming back and apologizing mm-hmm. i am somebody who like really needs space to de-escalate myself down you know because i'm always dysregulated <laughs> <laughs> i have to challenge you on that you're not always dysregulated in couples therapy i think i am right possibly yeah but like easy easy to be dysregulated in couples therapy for sure for sure for sure <laughs> for sure for sure, for sure. For sure. Um, as a therapist, what is it like to jump from individual clients to couples? What an interesting question. I will say this. You need training in couples therapy. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't just do this without being trained. Do not just start seeing couples from individuals if you are not trained. Doesn't mean you have to be an LMFT, but take some courses, some e-courses, right? Like anything like that, you really do need to have specific relational systemic training. 
So for us, we were literally trained with couples the same time we were trained with individuals. So it's not really jumping back and forth. Now, throughout the day, we see everything in systems. So like it isn't any different for us. It's not a big shift for us. It's not a shift for us because we are using the same systemic mindset no matter who we're working with in the room. So Mm -hmm. it's actually completely the same. But if you didn't come from a systemic background and you're looking to do more couples, then you need to get some systemic and relational training. That's what I would say to that. I couldn't have said that better myself. We got to do Dear M and Jen, dude. I'm ready. Okay. You want me to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Dear Em and Jen, my fiance and I are getting married in July. We've been together for 10 years since high school. We've visited each other in college and traveled a lot, so I didn't think moving in together right before the wedding would be as big of an adjustment as it has been. Nothing major, but we're just getting used to different schedules and habits. For example, hold on, I got to turn the page. <laughs> for example, my fiance is used to cooking for just himself. We are both used to buying different things at the grocery store and have had different expectations on what is clean and organized and what isn't. Any tips on adjusting to living together and married life? We focused a lot on getting on the same page with values, raising a family and finances, but seem to overlook talking about day-to-day habits, etc. Okay, here's the worst thing because clearly you're someone who likes control. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Also from another control girly, I understand. You like control. Control girly to control girly. Control girly to control girly. I understand. Some shit just takes time. Yeah. Living together is very hard. The thing is, when we talk about, like, there used to be people would talk about, like, oh, marriage, all this stuff would shift. But actually, it's living together. But it used to be the people didn't live together until they got married. So that's why it's always been about marriage, right? It's actually living together that makes these shifts. It is very hard to live with somebody else. Because a lot of us don't have self-awareness of our daily habits and routines. So it isn't something we talk about. It's like things that we notice, right? So we've talked about this before. My husband has like this thing about wet socks. Like God, fuck it. Just take your fucking socks off. I don't know. Like God forbid my daughter spills a little something on the ground, right? She's running around the fucking bubble machine or some shit. And he gets a little bit of liquid on his socks because like, I don't know. He's a thing from childhood. People in his house sharing the shower. I have no idea. I didn't know that until we moved in together. And I was like, just then, I don't know, wear, don't, wear slippers around the house. Don't wear socks. Like, right. I can't, like, keep everything perfect. Our dog is one billion pounds and drools. Like, yeah. I don't know. So there's certain stuff that, like, he didn't even realize that was a thing for him. Right. So there's certain stuff that you're just going to find out. And what you have to say is, this is just part of life. This lack of control in relationships of living together, it is how it is. And... Is it really that big of a deal? What am I holding on to? What are, What is feeling so devastating about this? And what expectations did I have for us moving in? Because I think you thought if you prepped it enough, it would be easy. But the reality is, is no matter how much we prep, we cannot predict. I that, The expectation thing is that yes, what I was going to touch is. on is that when you've been together for a really long time, the assumption is, oh, we're going to move in together. It's going to be the same thing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> moving in together is very very hard I think that was probably one of the most challenging times in my relationship was like adjusting to living together it's so hard it is so hard so at first it's really fun like the first two weeks the yeah there's like and you're like you're not leaving (laughs) I also remember I moved in with my husband after a year of dating him which is like pretty early that's very early um and I just remember I still was like how do I act, you know? Like, I, I didn't fully feel like I could be myself yet. Like, farting? Not not just farting. Like, you can't, You have to, like, figure out, like, 
how to work around each other. You know, whereas before you're going to visit each other, you're going on dates, you're, you know, now you're like living your lives simultaneously next to each other. And then you're like, do I wait to eat dinner with them? Do I, you know, like there's so many things you kind of have to figure out what do chores look like? And that is all happening at once. Like that huge transition is all happening at once when you move in together. And so I think it, it is such a huge adjustment. And another thing to remember is that people believe that when they move in together, they're going to be having more sex for some reason. Actually, what we know is that sex plummets when you move <laughs> in with someone. And so uh, challenging the expectations that you had just because you've been with someone for so long mm-hmm. and you really know them that when you live with someone, it is a completely different story. Yeah. Um, so, so, so just... A so- I think it's also what you're saying is like compassion yes. for yourself and for the other person. Yes. And know that this is this is a natural adjustment in your relationship. Yeah. Um, it is not necessarily, it doesn't mean anything about your relationship that you're struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something you can work through, you can get through. It's just a huge transition. Absolutely. So we hope today's episode gave you some insight into couples therapy. That's something you're thinking of. We're always encouraging you to take what you're learning here, bring it to the world. If you ever hear somebody smashing down on someone else for going to couples therapy, this is your or call. We're talking to act- shit about that. Yes, them this is your back. call to action to say couples therapy is cool, good for them. You can do that yourself. Radical personal responsibility. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out and watch our hilarious mannerisms on YouTube. <laughs> follow us at the um, at Drink Chicks or at the Therapy Group or work with one of our amazing clinicians at thetherapygroup.com. We love you. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. See ya.